Imagine a world where you knew that you mattered and you belonged. The people cared about you because we were so darn good at listening to one another, no matter how different we are. That is what Sidewalk Talk is doing by putting listeners on sidewalks all over the world so that we can practice the art of connecting. Join me, founder and director Tracy Rubel, as I interview experts on the fine art of human connection and interview some of our volunteers who've been listening on the sidewalk and even some of the folks that we've listened to. And if you want to volunteer, consider joining us at sidewalk-talk.org. We are so lucky to get to meet Amy Gidden. She is the person who founded this cool transforming app for your phone that I swear to God, if you use it every day, will put you in the best mood. And she came live. So this is a conversation on the Sidewalk Talk Facebook page. We're getting to hear her again in the podcast. Amy Gidden is a CEO and co-founder of Daily Haloha. I know it's a strange name, but it, it kind of makes sense. It has that Hawaiian feel, Daily Haloha. She's a visionary business leader combining analytics and creativity, and she's led and advised companies large and small, but something really took root for her after the last U.S. presidential election in 2016 when she walked by the New York City subway where people were writing post-it notes on the wall. And so jumping off from that idea, Daily Haloha really invites these provocative, heartwarming questions. And so this conversation is going to be a chance to really hear Amy's inspiration, where she's taking Daily Haloha, and she's even challenging us as listeners to use the app to, to really hone our listening skills. Oh, and I want to shout out Amy because she also does listen on the sidewalk with our New York City team. So I'm excited for you to meet Amy, Amy Gidden from Daily Haloha. So folks, I want to introduce you to somebody whose orbit, I've been kind of in her orbit for a while. Her name is Amy Gidden, and she's got this cool app. And I've got to tell you that I actually am not promoting her app. I actually genuinely believe in her app. So this isn't a marketing spiel. I went and played with it. And you know, um, can I toot your horn for a little bit before I even like introduce you? Can I give people a little Amy tooting horning? Go for thing? it. Okay. So, you remember after Hurricane Katrina when everybody like was really neighborly and helped each other out and they stopped being jerks to each other? Or you remember after, you know, George Floyd's murder and people started coming out in the community and helping each other out? Or you remember after, um, you know, gun violence incidents in schools and we all band together and, and all of a sudden you find like the best parts of humanity? Well, that's basically what your app has done. Like what it does is it sort of says, okay, can we figure out a way to glean those parts of people that know how to be loving and kind and connected in a way that doesn't get them addicted to tech? I mean, it's just really genius what you've done. It's super mm -hmm. cool. So the app's called Daily Haloha. And I got to know what the heck, who are you that you <laughs> were pulled into? Because I know how hard it is. So Amy, tell us how this came to be birthed by you and your story. Um, sure. And thank you for that lovely introduction. I always love hearing 
our app reflected back because everyone has their own, you know, lens. And it's just, it's beautiful to hear your experience of it. So thank you for that. Um, who am I? I don't know. I'm a dreamer, I guess. I, you know, my background is decades of corporate America, management consulting, financial services, hardcore business. Um, and I, you know, I rose to positions of success, right? <laughs> and influence in those jobs. But I'm not a hardcore person in a lot of ways, like very ambitious and driven, but um, people and relationships always trump any other kind of like success or, or outward achievement. So I think I always felt this sort of bifurcation about like, what am I doing in this business world that I'm in? Yeah. And, um, but, you know, decades of that. And, you know, meanwhile, I have three kids and I can tell you more about like the complexities of my personal life. But really what, the, you know, the catalytic moment for me was the election in the United States in 2016. And, you know, we all know what happened and how many people felt about that. You know, I'm a New Yorker. I'm an East Coaster for most of my life, uh, very liberal politically. But I felt so troubled by not just the outcome of the election, but the process of the election and how that brought us into extreme division, not only, you know, societally and politically, but around our dinner tables, right? So families are split apart on the political divide. And as we all know, like all this dehumanization had crept in to every sphere of discourse in our lives. And I was really feeling the weight of that. I mean, it just goes so counter to my values and um, my thirst for connection and empathy. And we can sure talk more about that, but I was feeling so heavy with that. And if something magical happened. Um, I live in, I was, you know, live in New York, uh, in Westchester, but I had a consulting job in New York City in Union Square, where I have listened on the sidewalks many times with the sidewalk talk group. So I love that. That's another point of our connection, Tracy. And I was taking the subway from Westchester to my job in Union Square. And one day I saw this sticky note project start to blossom across the walls of the subway station. And because I was commuting every single day, I saw it start with this little humble patch of sticky notes. And at its culmination, it was 50,000 notes on the wall. Wow. It was, it was a sight to behold. And, you know, it's called Subway Therapy. So subwaytherapy.com would be a place you could go to just have a visual image of what this thing was. But what captivated me was watching as people pass by caught a glimpse of this thing out of the corner of their eye and felt this call to participate. And these are New Yorkers rushing for the subway who stopped for nothing. So, <laughs> you know, if you could stop them with their elbows out and their heads down, you know, something was really magical going on. And yeah. what I saw was that they would investigate and instantly the intention of this collaboration will become clear. And the intention was to be uplifting and unifying in the wake of the divisive and polarizing election that we just experienced together. So they would feel like, I've got to contribute to this thing. They'd find a stack of post-it notes, they'd pick a color, 
they be thoughtful and pause, like what is my contribution to this collective experience? They'd write their note, they'd find a spot on the wall, they'd stick up their note, they would take a picture, and then they would take a few steps back and take another picture like there I am and here we are. And mm -hmm. off they would go. But it was it really felt like like magic. You know, anonymous strangers sort of synchronously and asynchronously coming together in this moment of shared humanity. And it really was like, I see you moment. So mm -hmm. anyway, I couldn't get this thing out of my head. And it, it stuck with me. And then I started researching other large participatory collaborative art and story sharing projects on city streets that unite anonymous strangers in this moment of, I, you know, I see you, I feel you, and we're in something together. And that set me, set me on the path. So that was the moment. Yeah. Well, so you felt a lot. It set you on this path. But then how did you decide to take the step of actually, I mean, because you've created a piece of technology that's really clever right? And it sort of encapsulates the feeling, which I think is hard to do. So how, you know, I'd love to know how you came up with the idea, what scared you about it? What's been your growing edge, right? Like, tell us a little yeah. bit about that. Sure. So yeah, I mean, I never thought I would be an entrepreneur or a tech entrepreneur. So if you had told me five years ago, that I'd be sitting here, I would tell you you're out of your mind. Um, but when I started researching these projects, um, you know, I'm a consultant. So I, so I was like, okay, what is the secret sauce? Like, why do these things have this power to connect us anonymously on city streets? So I found a bunch of projects. One of my favorite ones you might know of is the Before I Die Walls that are all over the world by Candy Chang, the amazing artist Candy Chang. Yeah. So it's a shining example. And there's many others. And I kind of deconstructed them and I distilled them down to a couple really simple attributes that give them this magical power. One mm. is that they're anonymous. Two is that they're completely free of judgment, not only free of judgment, but free of feedback, right? Mm. You, you participate and they might have different modes of participation, but you express yourself in that mode and you participate without judgment. And then thirdly, um, there's no status or popularity. Everyone's welcome. Everyone matters the same. Everyone is seen and heard equally. Mm. And I thought those are really foundational elements, right? Anonymous, free of judgment, free of status. And then the other things I noticed about them, these projects, is that they were quasi-ephemeral. You know, they're not meant to last forever on Candy Chang's chalkboards people are raising right over the sticky note projects get dismantled over time. And then lastly, they're thematic. It's not like post your sticky note here, but this is a project we're working on together, which adds to that feeling of, you know, a gathering around something. So I thought, okay, those are the core attributes. And when I looked at that, it became really clear it's the opposite of social media, like the polar opposite, right? So these things are anonymous, judgment-free, status-free, Social media is fueled, its engine, its business engine is about status and influence and popularity. 
Mm-hmm. So at the same time that I started uncovering what was happening on city streets, I realized it was the opposite of our digital tools that promised connection but have failed us in so many ways. Because you know, at the time I was investigating this was just at the time when Cambridge Analytica was coming to light and all the things that had been found to fuel divisiveness and polarization in yeah. social media. And then subsequently, um, a lot of information was coming to light about how it's harmed and helped our mental health, right? In terms of social anxiety and social isolation yeah. and all of that, you know, that social validation hamster wheel that people find themselves on. Yeah. So in this dual exploration of what's working here, it became clear it's the opposite of what we have in, in our digital tools. So I thought, okay, can I create a digital experience that bottles up the city street experience and steers way clear of what's gone wrong on social media? So I thought, you know, there's an app for that. <laughs> like, why can I imagine something that like takes all that learning and creates an experience? And meanwhile, I feel like I, I feel digital overload, so I also knew that the experience had to be light, refreshing, simple, not crying out for our constant attention. So I, I had like pages of principles, like this thing, what this thing had to accomplish. And then one day I couldn't sleep. I was up all night and it just almost came to me wholesale and I just wrote it all down like this is the way it's going to work. <laughs> mm, and I, Wow. I had to do it, and the only way to see it come to life was to do it. And um, you know, you asked another question about risks, and I could—I have a lot I could say about the leap I took, but I feel like I should pause and let you, you know, reflect. Yeah, you know how the listening goes. Yeah, no, I mean, it sounds like there's almost a divine inspiration in that moment when you surrendered to the calling, right? And then you're consternating you're researching you're considering you're thinking about it and then it's you know comes to you in your sleep and then it grabs hold of you and you have to wake up you know it's funny i, I love the word you use the word refreshing to describe it and i have to share a little experience that i have using daily aloha is that even when i don't answer a question in the morning i do secretly still like it reminds me mm-hmm. and i do like that it i don't know why other apps don't do this or maybe it's design maybe i've un un i blocked other apps, but I love your little logo, the icon. And so because I've had a refreshing experience, right, where I've gotten to answer a question and it's left Mm -hmm. me feeling self-reflective and connected at the same time, I actually like that the little icon lives at the top of my phone even when I haven't answered the question because it still gives me that felt sense even if I haven't answered the question that day. Like, oh, there's people out there that are answering those questions in this moment. Aww. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know, it, it does, you're, it, it works, right? It makes, I feel good knowing that daily aloha is out there, right? Like I'm, oh yeah, there's people that are, that are being conscious people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that I just is, wanted to share that with you. Wow, thank you, that is so lovely. Um, yeah, you know, I it's, it's interesting, you know, my mom's an artist and my dad's an engineer and I am confused in the middle. Or <laughs> I'm also like ambidextrous. You're perfect in the middle. <laughs> I'm confused, I'm ambidextrous. But I, I do have a strong, you know, visual sense. And, you know, we did design the app really carefully because um, 
it matters so much. Like if you're you're responding to something. Our, like our logo, our our app icon is so simple, but the colors were chosen really carefully. Everything's chosen carefully, you know. So we have these principles of anonymity, judgment free, status free, but we also have brand principles of simple, refreshing, and uplifting. So mm. every time I consider something in the app, I think, is it in adherence to our principles of behavior and our brand feeling of refreshing mm. and uplifting? And that's sort mm. of my word star, and it keeps me really honest about what we're doing. Well, so for everyone that's watching, you just got a brand lesson. Amy just gave you a brand lesson that you have to have a brand North Star. That's really, that's really beautiful. But so bring us into the vulnerability of launching something like this. Yeah. Like what has it meant for you personally? Because I can imagine, you know, you're putting your heart and soul into this. It came to you in a freaking dream. So yeah. how has that been for you? You know, it's, I think probably every entrepreneur can relate to this. It's been an exhilarating and terrifying ride and sometimes all in the same day. <laughs> um, so the way I started was I was consulting at the time and um, you know, I've been really fortunate because I have such a long you know, track record in business that I've been able to have a steady stream of consulting projects in times in my life where I've needed more flexibility. So I've been able to just take on as much or as little work as I could handle at the time. So I had a consulting project, but it left me some you know, remnant space in my week, in my brain to noodle this thing as I was dr literally dreaming it into like life in my brain and started like putting pen to paper. Um, I accidentally blurted the idea to a friend of mine. <laughs> so I was at the time I was noodling this around. I was on the board of a local our local continuing education program here. And one of my fellow board members is also a friend. His name is Greg. He is now my co-founder. And we were working on a strategic plan for this organization and something sparked it. And I, I hadn't even told anybody, not my my life partner, not my children, no one that was intimate with me knew that I was dreaming this thing, but I blurted it to Greg and he loved the idea. So as the weeks passed and we were supposed to be working on this strategic plan, <laughs> we were working on what was to become Daily Aloha. So that was for like a year. We were like tinkering and we did a prototype and, and after about a year, I thought, there's no way this is going to see the light of day without my focused attention. And plus, I was making myself crazy, moonlighting on something that like just wanted my full attention. So I, I, uh, I quit my consulting work, which was really scary because that's my source of income. And I devoted myself full time to this so that I could, you know, birth it into the world. So um, a lot of people thought I was crazy, probably still do um, you know people that want to see you succeed but don't get it but they're like you know good for you um, you go go do your little thing go have your little project there's some people that get it who I you know have felt like I've got real supporters in my corner um, but it has felt like a big risk financially at first it felt like a big risk sort of reputationally, because it was such a departure from what I was known for and as in the business world. But um, I feel like all the parts of me are in better alignment now. So I, I don't feel like that's a risk anymore. 
but I did it first because people were, were scratching their head. You're doing what? What is this app? Holoha? Mm. What the heck is Holoha? Um, so, yeah, there's been risks all along in those ways. And then, of course, there's the biggest risk of all, which is the business risk of whether this is going to be a viable ongoing concern. And mm -hmm. frankly, we have yet to figure that out. Um, we're still new enough that, you know, we're on our path to seeing if we can make this a sustainable business. Um, as of now, it's not. It's like the best, hot, most beautiful, soul-quenching hobby I can imagine, but it's not a business yet. So um, all of that stuff feels like risks, um, financially, most of all. And, you know, every week or so, I say to myself, if this if if we run out of runway and we haven't figured it out and I have to you know sunset this dream, will I regret spending you know now it's three years of my life doing it? And the answer is always no. It's still no. So as long as I keep saying no, no regrets, no matter what happens, I know I'm you know I'm, do, I'm in the right place. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm really. I just want you to know you're not alone in that risk and that sense of wonder and curiosity and then also at the same time feeling some kind of personal transformation it sounds like where some parts of you that maybe didn't get to find a home in your corporate life have with this integration with in a way commerce and heart and it sounds like we're amping the commerce part to figure out how to how to make that sustainable what are the parts of you that you feel like get to be part of daily aloha that maybe didn't get to be part of your consulting work Wow, I mean that's the mil that's the heart of it, the million dollar question. And I think that's why I keep saying I will have no regrets because the personal growth that has come with this undertaking has been undertaking has been phenomenal. Hard and sometimes yeah. really painful actually, but phenomenal. You know, in the beginning it was so exhilarating because you know, at the heart of our app are, is our daily question, right? So just in a nutshell for your listeners here, the way the app works is that question to the world every day. And we're in about 112 countries, so it's very global, which is, which is you know, delightful and cool. Um, so our questions are universally relevant, um, but, you know, invite reflection. And then you fill out the question, you fill in the blanks, you assign a mood, a color to it that reflects your mood, and you send it off into what I call the Aloha verse, which is you send it off and it gets anonymously and randomly delivered to one other participant in our network and you instantly get one back from someone else in the world. And then you have a moment of acknowledgement, you send response stickers to each other, and then you go to the Aloha wall where you see everybody's response from around the world fill up all day long. So um, at its heart is the, are the questions. So, um, you know, I've, I've learned a lot about how to ask questions, you know, what, mm. are, what are the questions, how to ask questions that invite the right mix of reflection and uplift and connection. So I've kind of gone to school fast and furiously about across a lot of dis different disciplines that have informed me about the question part of it. So yeah. You know, there's positive psychology baked into that because we're really trying to be uplifting and positive and invite, you know, meaningful and positive reflection. Yet, mm -hmm. I don't want to be a Hallmark card because that doesn't invite 
real connection either. So, um, so we, I straddle kind of a lot of different thinking, um, mindfulness, positive psychology, and other things, um, journaling, yeah. of course. So, you know, I've always been curious about all of this stuff and also the spiritual side of all of it, mindfulness, meditation, and spirituality. And, and these disciplines were neither in service to my business career nor to my responsibilities as a mother. You know, mm. I um, raised three kids. My, my marriage split up when my kids were quite young. They were eight, eight, and three. So I found myself a single mother with a career. So just getting through the day was often hard and not, with not enough hours in the day. So if I had these interests in spirituality and mindfulness and psychology, if it was neither in service to my career nor my family, it just did, I didn't have any time to pay attention to it. Mm. So um, the fact of my business now and how all of this is baked into what we're trying to accomplish has given me all sorts of permission to pursue all the things I've always wanted to learn about. Mm. And I feel like I'm playing mm. catch up a little bit. This is like this is like imposter syndrome, I suppose. You know, I'm doing putting this thing in the world and I'm trying to catch up to do it right and do it well. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of laying the track down always the second before the train's about to barrel over it. Um, <laughs> I so get that one. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's so liberating to say, oh, I'm just going to read for a few hours because this is, this is going to help me in my business. So my business has given me an excuse to do all the things I've always wanted to do. But I'm sure it'll be no surprise to you when I tell you that, you know, I'm learning all this stuff because of my business, but actually I'm the one growing more right. than, any, than anything. So I'm understanding yeah. myself in whole new ways, whole new mm -hmm. ways, because I think because I'm learning a lot of things, but mm -hmm. also just, I don't, I can't even explain it. I, I guess it's it's the 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 what do you call it? the hero's journey, right? Of being an entrepreneur, mm -hmm. which I feel so wholeheartedly like in that experience. And even when I look back at what I described to you a moment ago about my inspiration for Daily Haloha, why I'm doing it, what I was caring about, when I reflect back, what I described to you was how I was feeling in that moment, you know, in mm -hmm. early 2017. But with the growth I've had in the last three years, I would tell you something different right now, which is to say mm -hmm. that I felt this calling to put this thing in the world that was going to be healing at a time yeah. I was feeling distraught for myself and for the world. And now what I understand better is how much I wanted the healing, how it was answering my own yearning that I didn't mm -hmm. even really understand. So I sort of imagined something that was for the world and I feel like it was for me. And I and that's the growth I've experienced by diving into all of this. And I could mm. never have imagined that back then in, in 2017. Mm. Yeah, that somehow offering this to the world, I mean, everything that you're doing is about connection, right? I mean, it's it's got this, Daily Aloha has this quality of 
connected consciousness. So it's no surprise to me that your offering of this app to the world is also offering it to your own heart, yeah. right? It just seems to be in the DNA of, of what you're about, that our consciousness is connected. And let me show you right here, because we're going to have people answer this questions. And you're going to see hundreds and hundreds of people from around the world and no matter what culture they're from, these questions are meaningful to them in a deeply moving way. And, and that's the inspiration, right? That's why your, your logo makes me smile, right? Because I know what, it's, what that board is going to look like at the end of the day, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, it is that feeling of like kinship is the word that always comes to mind. Oh, I like that word. That's beautiful. That's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. Because that's how, like, if I ever have doubts, I really picture myself standing in front of that sticky note wall with this mm. feeling of being like <laughs> part of the world, part of this like thought experiment and this kinship with humanity. And there's, there's something about that, like we're truly, mm. everyone belongs. And I think, um, again, thinking about myself, I don't think I realized the extent to which I've always struggled to feel that sense of belonging and acceptance everywhere and anywhere. Um, and so that is what my app is for. Like, mm -hmm. to remind, give you that feeling every day. Like, yeah, like, um, how can I feel unique and not alone all at the same time? You know, and that's, that's what, I hope the app does. How can I feel unique and not alone at the same time? That's a, that one we could all sit and have a meditation class just around that question right there. Mm. How can I feel unique and not alone? How can I be seen for who I am and my special gifts and be connected to you at the same time? Yeah, without it being about status and look at me and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Along my journey of my fast and furious and you know constant research, I came across the phrase or the the idea of collective effervescence. Mm. Which I'm sure you know. This is all new to me, Tracy. I wish I was you. So like so, like every other day, I gotta say, I wish I could just take your schooling and your experience and your heart and just like dump it into my brain. But anyway. So collective effervescence, I came across it, I think in one of Brene Brown's books. And I was really like, I love the way the words feel in my mouth, like collective effervescence. Doesn't that just make you feel frothy? Like it's just beautiful. I wanna lick it, I wanna lick yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it's a lollipop. So I did a little research, like what is that? And I, you know, I found its origins, Emile Durkheim, I think it is. And it was, he came up with that. He's what a French philosopher in regard to religion. But I guess when I was reading about it, it was to describe that feeling that you get in when you feel this like electrical connection as part of a crowd that is experiencing something profound together. Is that a good description? Yeah, like singing in church. Yes, like singing in church. And I think in Brene's book, if I recall, she was talking about like these times that we come together as people, mm -hmm. right? In church where it's just, it's so spiritually uplifting, you know, right? You feel, it's hard to describe it. I, I know we've all experienced it yeah. where you feel like really connected to all the strangers about you because you've, 
experience some profound transformational transcendent thing together. Mm. And it could be seeing your hometown sports team win it win. Like that is that same thing. Right. Oh yeah. So it's in moments of both triumph or transcendence, like the sports team or singing in church or tragedy. I think you opened up this conversation talking about moments of tragedy where we also feel that coming together. And, you know, and I think it's, I think at the root of it, and this is how I've interpreted collective effervescence is experiencing something profound in community, but you don't with, with strangers, that is such an emotional experience that um, the only way to kind of make sense of it is to connect with the other people around you in this shared emotional moment. And it's yeah. so strong that you feel bound, you know, together. And it happens in tragedy and triumph. And so I think about our app, and I don't mean to make a mountain out of a molehill, our, our cute little delicious app. But I thought, is there a way every day to just have like a sliver of that? It doesn't have to be tragedy or triumph, but in the ordinary moments of our day. Mm-hmm. So you've captured it beautifully. I really think so. And I now I know why why you also listen at Sidewalk Talk because I'm also feeling a little longing to be out on the sidewalk when you talk about this because I think there's an element of that too. But I'm, this isn't about Sidewalk Talk. I think that you've captured that, and I think it's it's pretty remarkable and how we can capitalize on that. Should we um clue our our listeners in to what we have in store for them because we're going to do something a little fun for them on monday we relative are. so for all the sidewalk talk listeners and friends my friends that might be watching amy's friends that might watch this later um we want people to it, it's so perfect for the sidewalk talk community because people that listen in sidewalk talk are the perfect people to be using daily aloha i mean it's so in sync so what are we going to do? What are we going to do on Monday? I'm going to tell you, but I have to put a plug in for Sidewalk Talk for your, you know, your audience already knows this, but for my audience that might be listening, it, it was a transformational experience for me. Um, can, I, can I talk about my experience as a listener? Sure. Yeah, please. I would, I would love, to, I love to hear it. Just like you love hearing about my experience on the app. So please. Okay. So, for you? um, I don't want you to think I'm a stalker, but <laughs> you came into my consciousness in a really interesting way. I think I initially saw you, and I say that, you know, saw you digitally in a female founders forum. I think you had posted something and it caught my eye. And actually, I do remember what it was. You were wrestling with something. Um, about a, a media opportunity that sort of didn't feel in sync with your values and you were wrestling with that. Do you recall that? I do, yeah. And I was moved by the fact that you were wrestling with it. And I was also moved by the fact that you wrestled with it publicly and were inviting perspective on that. I mm. admired that you did that. Mm. So I'm like, who is this Tracy person? <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, you know, while that was rattling around, I, some completely other way, uh, in one of my feeds, I don't even remember, um, I think you had just given a talk or 
something that you had done also crossed my feed. And then, and then a third time. So in this short span of time, it was like Tracy, Tracy, sidewalk talks. I'm like, what is this thing? So I looked into it and I read about it. I was like, oh, I've got to do this because um, I'm called to do this. And if nothing else, I really want to be a better listener. And I was excited about the training. So I signed up and I did the online training. And whether I ever sat a day on the sidewalk or not, that training was invaluable. I loved it. It was served up in such a heartfelt but an accessible way. It was wonderful to be trained in that way. And I felt rewarded by that phase of the process alone. Um, and then I had my first listening event back in Union Square. Like all roads lead to Union Square, New York. <laughs> Carrie, if you're listening, thank you. She is the team leader for New York. And this is another example where I thought I was doing something to be in service to others, but the real benefit was felt personally, mm -hmm. like my app. You know, this is the perspective, yeah. right? So I, we, we had, you know, the listening event. I had the opportunity to listen to several people. And afterwards, it felt, the, the best way I can describe it was it felt like I had been in deep meditation. Mm. And I've been learning to meditate over the last couple of years. So I, you know, it was just interesting to draw that parallel. And I it was, it was, um, I felt energized and I, I, it felt like I had been in meditation. And, I, and I've been thinking about that why that felt that way and i think it it's just such a different kind of listening and i think why i link it to meditation is the whole idea of non-attachment and you know in mindfulness and meditation it's not like you're not supposed to think you're just not supposed to be attached to those thoughts and in sidewalk listening it's not like you're not supposed to listen but you're not supposed to insert yourself in the story and it is such a different kind of practice Mm-hmm. It was really transformational for me. Um, you know, I, I did feel that the people that I had the benefit and the honor of listening to, I felt like that experience was really rich for them and that made me feel good. But above and beyond that, I learned how to listen in a completely new way and it felt amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, now you know why I go through the same founder struggles that you go through, keeping the wheels on the on the bus, so to speak, because it's addicting. It really feels soulful, and it's um, you know, I, I as I listen to you, there's a quality that I aspire to, which is you have this thirst for knowledge that comes from a place of beginner's mind. Like it feels to me like. And I think that's something I've developed through listening on the sidewalk, but you have this humility and this excitement and this beginner's mind to, to soak up the listening, the meditation, the leadership, the trust in what you're putting out there to the world. And it's, it's really, um, wouldn't it be cool if that were the energy that entrepreneurs led their companies with? A hundred percent. But you probably can relate to this as well, that, we as entrepreneurs don't have the luxury of always being in that state. And this, yeah. this is, I was going to say this earlier when you talked about some of the risks and the challenges, you know, of being an entrepreneur, because we want to come at our business our, and the, our 
what we're putting into the world with that beginner's mind. At the same time, it's necessary that we attract supporters and that requires a certain degree of promotional activity, right? <laughs> and often in those promotional spheres, whether it be, you know, with a partner or media or funders, all those things where you need to get, you know, get supporters, you can't always be in that beginner's mind right. to those things with humility. And you mm -hmm. know what? And you can't, you can't always say, I don't know if this thing's going to work out. I'm learning. I don't know. I think it might work. It might not, but it's great. You know, you can't do that. You have to come with a, a with a with a larger bravitas and holding container and and telling your investors, "Hey, this could a change the world and b create a real sustainable business model so that people can put food on their tables." Yeah, and you have yeah. to have a certain amount of, you know, certainty and even bravado in certain circles that, you know, it, so it, it's this kind of like switching, like a little bit of code switching between like the way you want to show up for your own baby, your undertaking, and the way you have to show up in some of these other forums mm -hmm. um, as a leader, right? And it, it, it's, all, it's all important and it all matters. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think there's something really cool about playing around with how we integrate that, right? How we can integrate head and heart and bravado and humility. And, and I think that's the potential, right? That's the potential of this consciousness shift that we're all going through without getting in my soapbox. That's all I'll say about it. Oh, well, so I know we have a few minutes here. I wanted to kind of give people a, a little piece of homework. Can we give people some homework here? We can. Okay. okay, great. And we'll talk about what we have in store for you, for everyone for Monday. Um, so Tracy and I have partnered up to ask a provocative question in the Daily Aloha app for Monday, uh, brought to you by Sidewalk Talk. Should I tell them what the question is? I think I will. Do it. I I don't usually do that. People have to open the app to be surprised by the question, but it's a, it's a good one. Maybe people will be more inspired to think about it and get excited to go use the app and post their answer, especially the listeners. Especially the listeners. Okay. So the question that we came up with was if everyone feel felt heard, then blank. So it's an invitation to imagine a world where everyone feels heard. What would that look like? What would that feel like? Oh, I'm already excited about it now. Yeah, I mean, I can't, with every single day's question, I can't wait to read the responses. You know, sometimes the questions invite like deep personal reflection. It might be about a memory or a goal for the future or something in the present. But other times we ask questions that are really a point of view. Like, mm. what's your take on this thing? Mm. So, Question's a little bit about a point of view, but also mm -hmm. like an imagining. Like, imagine a world where everyone really felt heard. What would like, what would happen? What would we be like? Mm. So that is our question for Monday. Um, there, our questions are live for twenty four hours, so you get all the listeners get an advance uh, time to think about it. Um, but you can download the app immediately. It's free. It's in the Apple App Store and the Google Play Store. It's free to download and use. Um, if you're a, a quick way to get there is to go to dailyhaloha.com and the two big links there. 
And you can do some practice questions over the weekend so that you're all ready for Monday's question. And then I'm gonna be sharing the responses back out with Tracy so that she, we both can share them more broadly to our audiences to see what, we, what insights we can get from the responses. Yeah, no, it's super wonderful. And I, I, I wanna just give you guys a heads up. We're talking about two to three minutes a day tops. I mean, depending on how much you wanna scroll through everybody else's questions, but you, you pose your question and the little airplane goes and paper airplanes it off to someone else. And then you get paper airplanes somebody else's answer and you get to send them a sticker, right? And you don't know who they are, but you do know where they are in the world. So it's kind of fun because I think I had someone in, in Asia the other day and, you know, we got to trade and, you know, here I'm in Germany and, you know, you know, it's just kind of sweet to be able to send them a sticker of what your reaction is to their response. Um, but what I want to say is even if you're not a social media person, this would be the one app that I would download because it's not going to have you doing the long scroll for three hours where you're going to burn through your day and you're going to be, you're going to leave feeling refreshed. You will, you will leave feeling that moment that you felt in the subway looking at all those post-it notes and you'll go, Huh. And I think especially right now, with everything going on with COVID, with um, our anti-racism efforts, with politics, um, this is a place to remember, you know, as Fred Rogers says, look for the helpers, right? Mm -hmm. But it's also look for the humanity. And it's like you get to feel everyone's humanity in a really profound way. So I think it's really cool. Ah, so I'm so excited to finally get to meet you. you and I'm so excited that, you know, you have brought this, birthed this into the world and that you've stuck with it. So thank you for continuing to lead with your heart and that we're going to expose this to more people. My hope is that it touches and transforms more lives. We have a little um, ritual, which you know, because you listen to the Sidewalk Talk podcast, which I'm this will eventually go up on the podcast. We'll have to do another question again, too. We'll edit out this part, but we'll have to do another question. Um, but this part is how we close our interviews, which is we ask you to speak directly to Sidewalk Talk listeners around the world. I'll get out of the way. And you can either offer them a wish or words of wisdom from you. Well, it'd be very natural for me to offer a wish. So thank you for that invitation. And you know, it's hard to separate ourselves these days from the times that we're living in. Um, so, you know, my deep wish for all of us, and especially for the listeners who, you know, show up day in and day out for others, is that you're able to feel whole and healthy and keep showing up in these times that are so challenging for so many of us where you know we're fearing for our health, our financial security, we have our own dreams and hopes for futures that uh, might feel quite a bit of a departure from what we know. Um, so I, for, for me, the sidewalk talk listeners are just the, the, I don't know, the brightest souls and the biggest hearts that I that I know. And um, I, I just think this network of listeners around the world are have the opportunity to really ripple, have their hearts ripple through the world. So take care of yourselves, feel whole and healthy and hopeful um, so that you can shine that light for the rest of us on the, on the sidewalks. 
Thank you, Amy, so much for being here. And I'm so excited for our podcast listeners to get to hear this later on too. Have a good rest of your Friday and cheers to you for all the good work that you're doing in the world. I thank you from the bottom of my heart, really. Right back at you. This really? is so delightful. What a great way to end my day. Yay. 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 All right, everyone, have a good weekend, Sidewalk Talk listeners, and we'll be back the last Friday of every month. We're going to be continuing with these Friday Lives. So, yeah, thanks for kicking us off for our first official last Friday of the month, Friday Live, Amy. Awesome. Love to kick good them weekend. off. Good weekend, everyone. Bye now. Thank you for being here and listening to this episode of the Sidewalk Talk podcast. If you like what you heard, tell your friends, tell your family, like and comment on the podcast publisher that you're listening from and subscribe. This will help us get the word out about changing our culture to one of connection.